What is up, Gen X? Welcome back to the water cooler. You know, it's great to see you today. We did it. We're here. This is, we are entering the sweet spot of the year. This is what we suffer all winter long for. We've entered June. Summer is here. And it's time to let loose a little bit and enjoy ourselves and enjoy the warm weather and vacationing and all that good that comes with it. So I hope you are in as good a mood as I am today. And, and I hope that you were able to enjoy your long weekend, as Pre Vice President Heels Up uh, would say. Uh, but of course, we all know that it's more than just uh, a long weekend. It's time that we can honor those who have, have died uh, fighting for our country. And actually, there was I was at Wrigley Field this past weekend, and I was with there with my daughter. And every game, I believe it's after like the the fifth inning, they do a you know a, a salute to you know, a, a local hero, and they have you know a serviceman uh, that will stand up and they'll you know read their their bona fides, and and everyone will stands and applaud. And and, and as we did this. My daughter leaned to me and she said, do we have to stand up? And I said, yes, yes, we do. You know, it's it. This person has served our country and and it's Memorial Day weekend. The least we can do is show our appreciation and stand up for a minute or two and, and give some applause. So I hope you're able to show more respect uh, to that day than our vice president did. And uh, now we enter uh, you know, the sweet spot of the year. Although what's not so sweet is if you notice the inflation is starting to rear its its ugly head, and we're starting to see quite a bit of shortages uh, as you know supply chains are are feeling the the stress of of the the shutdowns, the forced shutdowns, and and the cost of high, skyrocketing cost of raw goods. You know you're seeing shortages across the market, whether it's bicycles or cars or beef chicken and any number of things you know it's it's starting to kind of, kind of get a little bit uh, a little bit scary hopefully as the country returns to sanity and and opens back up this can start to correct itself and by the end of the summer that will have have subsided but you know the the the, the gen, genuine cost of goods and, and inflation that and all those pressures that come from just dumping money at stuff and just printing money like crazy you know, there's uh, there's a cost to be paid for that, and it's it's not just you know just something that you can ignore. Um, and, but we're and we're starting to see that. And anyone who's been to the grocery store, if you filled up your car, you you've you felt that pressure. But it's what happens when we elect the party that that we did uh, this past November. Although not not too unrelated, uh, I I found something uh, amusing that that many just some cannot seem to seem the irony of in you know 2014 California passed uh, prop 47 uh, which decriminalized you know among other things shoplifting you know for for goods totaling less than $950 and and they also decriminalized um, certain um, you know drug usages or drug possessions and a number of things and that just spiked you know, homelessness and a number of uh, other things. And one of the things that also spiked was uh, petty shoplifting. So much so that uh, recently Walgreens closed 17 stores in San Francisco due to out-of-control shoplifting. Who saw that coming? <laughs> 
you know, when you effectively outlaw shoplifting, or at least uh, you, instead of making it a felony, making it a misdemeanor that you just don't prosecute, you know, what's the disincentive? And that's what happens. You know, good on you, California. Good on you, San Francisco. You know, here you are reaping what you what you sowed. You know, one other, another trend that that I've noticed the past couple of days, and here we're June, and apparently, it's it's Pride Month. Now I don't know if it's Gay Pride Month, Gender Pride. What I, I lose track of of what uh, where we are in in that whole momentum. But I have noticed in the past couple of days, particularly a big spike in the usage of you know, rainbow colored uh, logos from businesses on, on Twitter and, and so on. Now, you know, if you're a company and you want to be an advocate and promote whatever, you know, that's, that's your call. That's, that's your decision. I can, I totally get that. That doesn't bother me one little bit. And when I, but when I see these things, I'm not completely re- repulsed. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to stop doing businesses w- w- with that guy. But it do- it does it does annoy me a bit. It just seems gratuitous. It feels very insincere. Um, I think there are a lot of people that see it that think, oh, this is great, and they they do see it as sincere or see it as step in the right directions. I just find it annoying. I don't know about you, but I just I, I just get annoyed by it. I'm like, yeah, I just don't pander, don't push stuff to me. I don't care about your cause. I don't care about whatever. You know, but just you know, do do whatever you want. But just don't don't shove it down my throat. I, I, I don't I don't want to see it. I don't find it offensive. I I just find it annoying. You know, like in a year ago when you saw everyone tripping over themselves on I, I believe it was Instagram to, to having their 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 avatar to be a black box and you know, or the Charlie Hebdo shootings in France. Everyone had that. French flag watermark. I just find all that annoying. I find it trite. I find it meaningless. I know in our social media culture, it's it's supposed to have some kind of meaning, I, I suppose. But I just find it annoying. I, I it, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't think you're heroic. I don't think you're kind or whatever. I just think you're kind of a tool. I think you're kind of annoying. And if that was some, if I was in that community, I would find it kind of almost offensive. Like, who do you think I am? Why do you need to, to pander to me? Do you think you need to get my business? You know, I'm, I'm not that, uh, I'm not that guy. You know, I'm not one to advocate, uh, you know, mass uh, protesting and boycotts of products and companies. And if there is something that I feel that strongly about, I just kind of do it on my own. You know, there, I've done that before with razors and soft drinks and a number of other companies that have had their causes and whatever that I've found distasteful. And I thought, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do your thing, but I didn't take to social media. I didn't uh, evangelize it and invite others to do it. I just stopped and I just either went without, or I found something else that was just as fine. And sometimes I paid more, sometimes I paid less, but it's not something that I've, I've uh, advocated, but, um, but if you want to do it, fine, just know you're just beginning some healthy eye rolls from me. Now, something that has elicited more than eye rolls uh, from me, um, you know, almost quite a bit of anger. I mean, if you saw these Fauci emails that have been um, have been pub- published and from the Freedom of Information Act, and some very interesting things have come out of that. And although you wouldn't know that if you just strictly pay attention to CNN or NBC or or the New York Times. 
to hear them report on it, it's that uh, you know Dr. Fauci shows that he was you know, somewhat embarrassed or almost even uncomfortable with his new no- newfound notoriety or a number of other very germane things. But what they've chose to ignore are some very disturbing, if not unsurprising, facts about uh, Dr. Fauci. Again, I just I don't get the adoration for him. I don't get the immediate credibility that he's been given um, by the masses. Although I, I, I did, I, I found it uh, put very well um, when Tucker Carlson said, you know, he is Jesus for people who do not believe in God. I think that's threading the needle. I mean, people just love the guy for nothing. And especially when, when you find out or have confirmed for you things that we suspected in, in these emails, I think he's comes across as very little more than a fraud. I think he's a complete charlatan and he has his own agenda. I think it's very self-serving and hopefully people will come to sanity on this. And as I said before, this guy belongs in prison. He belongs in Azkaban. I mean, not just regular prison. I mean, he needs to have his soul just sucked from him. I mean, he's just awful, awful person. But we can get into some of the specifics. Um, First, it shows uh, his implication in the funding for the gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab. And he seems to acknowledge that that may have led to COVID-19. And he was worried about that from the beginning. I think there was a lot of CIA, CYA that was going on. You know, he didn't want to see that this was, was his de- doing, that this didn't come from research that he funded. And it seems more and more that it did. Now, a year ago, you would have been called a kook. You would have been called a conspiracy theorist. You know, if you have posted on this on Facebook, it would have been scrubbed and purged. But uh, some, but there were some emails from Zuckerberg that he wanted to partner with Fauci to, you know, to get the word out and and among other things, you know, Facebook was censoring any any post hinting that this virus was you know came from a lab. You know, they they wanted just to, you know, jump full in on on bat soup. But there were emails from March of 2020. That uh, you know, from other scientists, they were telling him that this virus seemed to be engineered, and but Fauci continued to deny the lab leak, uh, and you know he was pressed by um, by Rand Paul on it, and he said no, no way, and and he was he was mad, and I think he was mad because he Rand Paul was right, and he just he wanted to he wanted to you know cover himself. He didn't want people to blame it in him. You know, he he liked the Messiah image that he that he had been getting on all the praise and adoration you know, a piece of crap but i mean he loved it and he but he was lying he was lying the whole time also it showed that um he, he very point blank was against uh, masks he's an anti-masker <laughs> you know he he's he said point blank that masks are for people who are sick and infected with the virus um, and even that, it, it, it won't prevent everything. In fact, that's exactly what my doctor told me. But he said that masks are for people who are infected and sick, that they're not for healthy people, that if healthy people wear them, it's not going to do anything. It's, you know, this this too small for, for a mask to stop. And it's not something that getting a mask from a drugstore will do anything for, I believe he said. It, 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 this isn't for masks from a drugstore. And then he bowed face and said, nope, jump full in on masks. And then a few months later, uh, he said it was common sense to double mask. I mean, oh, this guy. Oh, my goodness. I just, I just can't with this guy. 
I mean, he also he also told a Chinese official that they would you know get through this together. Oh, really, Fauci? Uh, you're going to get this together with this CCP official, okay? I I, I suppose. Um, he, he also said that he he knew in March of 2020 that 99% of Italian COVID-19 fatalities were f- patients with underlying comorbidities. Uh, why did we not just protect the vulnerable, protect the, the elderly and, and those who had these underlying conditions? No, we completely shut stuff down. We made for kids to stay at home and do school from home and not interact with each other. And we, we destroyed the economy for it. I mean, this guy, oh my goodness. Um, I, 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 I don't get it. Uh, what he just, I hope people are as enraged reading these emails and reading the reports on these as I am. I just, I can't take it. But of course they're not going to know if, if, if they're, if they're just drinking the Kool-Aid, um, but uh, this guy's a complete fraud. He's a waste. If anything, I think it shows how this is just a very clear example of how we need less government, not more. Yeah, when there's a crisis like this, we need less government, not more. You know, we, we in the private sector, we're fine. We'll take care of it. We we are much better doing it on our own, being strong on our own, rather than relying on you knuckleheads. Uh, that's 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 my takeaway from this i mean other than the fact that he's he's garbage and needs to go to prison um but um hopefully you know the world's returning to sanity a bit um i i did notice again when i was at the at wrigley field this past weekend i actually went to three straight games and every day i went you know less and less people were were wearing their masks particularly even outside the stadium which i've i found interesting because you know, for a while in Chicago, I mean, everybody was, was wearing them, not just in the car, but walking on the street. But now that a lot of people just weren't, again, it could be the placebo effect of, of having the vaccine. And now they feel completely safe and protected and fine. And Hey, more power to them. Um, but maybe that's a sense that things are, are starting to, to turn a bit. And, you know, Chicago just announced that they're along with, uh, the rest of Illinois, the state of Illinois will, Go back or go to no restrictions starting June 11th, and you know, no restrictions on uh, events and the number of people attending. And I suppose that means masks too, unless you know the the store or wherever you are says otherwise. So, yay! We'll we'll see now. Unless China is they have another present for us. Apparently, there's an H one zero N three bird flu that is starting to be seen in China. Boy, you know, they just never can seem to get away from inflicting another weird, novel disease on us. Although, rest assured, the CCP says that this does not show any any threat of being spread human to human. So, it, we're good. You know, this, if the CCP says it, then, you know, yeah, we're good. Yeah, although, you know, the emails that Dr. Fauci uh, wanted us not to see, I'm sure, uh, confirmed these the suspicion within their own ranks of the death reports from the CCP in mid-January where they they stopped reporting deaths in, in January just to give the impression that they have this under control and, and that, that they've stopped the spread, which, of course, anybody knew that that was not the case. Um, you know, a communist regime, imagine that, trying to, to control a narrative. You know, much like, you know, 
a political party with the D next to it. So there we are. Hopefully things will get back to normal. Although I don't know that we're ready. I, I, I kind of am very, I've become very skeptical that we as human beings are ready to go back to normal and interact with, with each other. Um, we've you know, demonstrated very clearly over the past week or so by NBA fans. Now, if you're like me, you, you gave up on the NBA 20 years ago or so. I haven't watched it really hardly ever. Um, I, don't, I, I could hardly even, you know, struggle to name anybody on just about any roster. But uh, they have started their playoffs, and, and fans are, are returning back to the stadiums. But they seem to have a tough time behaving like civilized people. And just a lot of nonsense, uh, nonsensical... Uh, incidents that have happened over the past week, just to name a few, there were in in Utah. Um, there, were, you know, fans were kicked out and banned from the stadium for racial taunts towards the family of an opposing player. For real, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm as much for talking trash and heckling as the next guy, but for the racial taunts, much less to the to his family sitting in the stands. Are you nuts? I mean, who does that? I, I, I that that just that boggles my mind. Likewise, in Philadelphia, some nut was tackled for running on the court. I mean, in uh, Boston, you know, they were dousing Russell Westbrook with popcorn as he uh, left the stands, and and Kyrie Irving was having you know an issue with the fans and was stomping on the leprechaun because he says you know Boston's racist or this this and that. I mean, in New York at the Knicks game, a fan like in the second row like spit on Trey Young as he's like an inbound the ball. I mean, what what is going on? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, if one of these things happened throughout a season, much less in the in the playoffs or even in a week of the playoffs, you would th- you'd, it would make some headlines and everyone would give that fan the just ridicule. But this happened in like the manner of a week, like as these playoffs start. I mean just lost their freaking minds i mean do they it's like they just genuinely don't know how to behave and out in public now that now that they can go out they can go to game woo, and they just lose it all and, and just spit on people and, and and racially heckle and what are you doing come on <laughs> oh i just i've lost faith in humanity and i need another planet so again put out a good word please would you with elon musk yeah, I, I'm, I want to go to Mars. I'm in. I'm in. I need a new planet. You know, call me up and and I will gladly do it. Now, last, I want to end on a a trending hashtag that I saw the, over the past couple of days, and it just it it tickled my Gen X sensibilities. And it is hashtag growing up Gen X. Now, apparently, hashtags have, are on the outs now, although influencers tend to use them like crazy, but hashtagging is not as much of a thing as it once was apparently i mean i mean i don't take my word for it i'm not i'm not tapped into the zeitgeist so i i i wouldn't know but i did see it and i i looked it up and i, I some of them were fun and i i thought i would go through some of these with you here because because i i thought they were they were fun uh fun nostalgia and, and not in in that kind of campy uh, Stranger Things kind of way, or even Goldbergs, which I, you know, I like both of those shows, but not even just kind of camp and gratuitous uh, nostalgia, but just some fun stuff to to remember. Um, so I, I, I wrote a few of them down, and, and I'll go through Twitter. So I, I encourage you, if 
if you're inclined to look up hashtag growing up Gen X on Twitter and just just take a fun stroll through through memory lane and and some of the the snarkiness from our fellow Gen Xers. There, there's some good stuff on there, but. Among some of the things that I saw in there, which were fun, um, it was the Atari TV and Game Switch. If you remember that thing, where it was it was hooked up hooked up between the the console and the TV, you know, with the the UHF VHF thing where you had to screw on to the TV, and you have, when you wanted to play, you had to go to channel three and then click on TV and console. I mean, that that was those were good, were good memories. Um, or someone mentioned being able to drive a stick. Yeah, I missed driving a stick shift. I mean, that was one of my favorite things. I, I, I remember you. I just feeling a lot more in control of the vehicle, you know, driving. And yeah, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody now who could uh, drive a stick. I miss it. I, and it, it's the only time I've ever seen even the option of of being able to have a stick shift. I mean, you have to get like base, base, bare bones model. I mean, you can't just have you know your the your preferred model of, of automobile with a stick shift. I mean, you have to, you have to strip that sucker down, but I, I miss driving with the stick. Uh, another thing it, uh, you know, someone called out was, you know, the Saturday morning cartoons, which was always fun. I'm, I, I remember sleeping out in the, in the living room Friday night, just so I could get up bright and early and be there for when the, the snow cleared on the station and they, they went live and, and you could watch, watch, you know, cartoons throughout the morning and, and into around around lunchtime, but you know, having your cereal in front of the TV, watching that was that was the time you were you were living you were living large uh, doing that. Although many of them, many of them, some were pointing out, were also kind of like like an acid trip <laughs> when you, you see some remember some of the characters, you know, from Captain King, uh, Captain Caveman to uh, any number of them. I, just, I mean, it, it, it was good stuff. Um, oh, someone mentioned you know, have, making sure you left the house with change for the payphone. <laughs> yeah, when was the last time you used a payphone? Much less even seen one. Um, but yeah, you had to had to have change for the payphone, or you had to make sure that your mom knew the the system when you would call collect, because you couldn't just call collect, right? You wouldn't wouldn't want to say your name because then 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 she'd think something's something's up and. There was an emergency, and, and and she needed to talk to you. And then if she did, and found out you just needed it picked up, then you'd be in big trouble. So you had the system where it would say, you know, do you have a collect call from, and then there'd be a beep to say your name. You're like, "Mom, I'm in school. Please pick me up." And then you'd hang up. And then she would know to come get you. But it, if it, you had to do that if you didn't leave the house with change for the payphone. Videos on MTV. Man, I, I can't remember the last time I watched MTV, but remember when it was actually videos, and you looked forward to a you know new album, new song coming out, but you couldn't wait for the video to drop. I mean, that was that was a good time. Um, leaving home, and your parents just not knowing where you're going, and not even caring really. You're just going out to to your friends. You know, you'd ride your bike, and you'd uh, if you didn't. You know, shake the phone tree before you left. You you'd ride over and you'd knock on their door and you'd find out if they were there. If they wanted to play, then you'd go around the neighborhood and get as many kids as you could. And kids you could, and you'd you'd, you'd play basketball, you play baseball or whatever, and you'd do it for hours, right? And and you weren't expected to to be home unless it was dark or dinner time. But you know, you would go. Out, remember, we'd be out for hours and hours and hours, riding their bike, playing whatever. I I, I couldn't imagine my kids doing that. I I don't know when that went away i don't know when that stopped being a thing um but i i have good memories of of doing that all day just hanging out and being with your friends and 
doing whatever nonsense. Coming home to an empty house. I, I, another thing I couldn't imagine my kids doing. I can't imagine giving them a key to the house and having them come home, do their homework and make themselves a snack and wait for me to come home from work. I, again, I don't know when that stopped being a thing, but it, it definitely stopped being a thing. Uh, road trips. Someone else mentioned road trips, which I thought was a good one too. Um, and not, not just the, the being on the road for, you know, 17 to 20 straight hours, but doing it without any device or movies in the car or, or whatever, you know, we, we would go out and we would have, you know, a book of, of either coloring book or, or Mad Libs or whatever with our, you know, in our crayon. And that was, that was our entertainment, either that or, looking at a roadmap and figuring out where we are and where we were going and how far to where we're going and when we'd get there and keeping track of that whole thing or listening to the AM radio or a car when we didn't have any FM radio, just, just, just the AM dial. Or even if you did, wouldn't pick anything up. And so you could do those things or stare out the window <laughs> and, and watch the rows and rows of corn or soy or whatever that they had planted uh, go by um, but yeah, you know, those, those road trips back then were, were glorious. So there's a couple of things that I mentioned or that I noticed and I, I, I wrote down, um, that I thought were interesting, but I'll, I'll go through a, f- a few now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on Twitter here. I'm just going to click latest just to see what some of the people are, are mentioning here. Um, oh, this is a good one. The OG girl crush, Christy McNichol. Boy, yeah, she remember she was a thing. Uh, but what was she on? Um, I don't remember that. Was it uh, Eight Is Enough? I don't remember the the, the 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 show she was on. But yeah, no, she was a thing. Um, and then someone here has a, a link to or a video of Battle of the Network Stars. That was always fun. I I remember always, even as a kid being convinced that I would dominate at those obstacle courses. And I was way overconfident in my ability to participate in that. But uh, no, that that was that was really really good stuff. Let's see here. Really the best rock, country, jazz, and R&B music of all time created during this era. Yeah, that's a bit, I, I agree with that. Uh, everything. Latchkey life, the music, the movies, the freedom, the summers of the 80s. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I have vivid memories of, of specific songs as a kid in the summer and being at the pool and swimming and hearing those over the speaker, like every breath you take. I remember that's one, wherever I hear that, I always just think of being at and the public pool and, uh, and hearing that song. Let's see. I literally tied my, or uh, around my neck. I had a key tied around my neck with a piece of string to let myself into an empty apartment, make myself a sandwich and watch TV until my mom got home. There you go. Another, another fellow, uh, former latchkey kid. Um, we got Rita Moreno and Morgan Freeman on our kids shows. I don't remember that so much. Uh, no, Morgan Freeman was, oh, Zoom, Zoom, not, not our, our, our social media, not even social media, our, our video conferencing app, but yeah, the show that was, that was real. That was good stuff. That was on, on PBS. I think it was, that was, that was good stuff. Um, Max Headroom. I I never really got the whole Max Headroom thing. It was that Coca Cola. I think he was, and and of course I think he he showed up in um 
in Back to the Future, um, and I know there's a shout out to him in Ready Player One, but yeah, I never really got it. That that wasn't really too much of a thing. Oh, here's a good one. Every bathroom counter had a gooped up curling iron and a couple of burn marks. Totally remember growing up with my mom and sisters. Oh yeah, that was a thing. The the Aquanet, the the flying nun hairdos and the and the curling irons. Oh, that you you, you poor ladies. I feel so bad for you when you know, you're, you're everyone's always horrified when they look back at pictures of themselves in junior high and high school and what they what they looked like, their hair, their clothes and everything. But you poor girls, looking back on your junior high and high school yearbook photos with the hair. Oh my goodness. That's that's that was where did that come from? That was bad stuff. But at the time you thought it was awesome. So I I get it. I totally get it. Um, being introduced by the Dead Milkman on MTV, yeah, that was good. That was good stuff. Um, here's a Stretch Armstrong, in the Electric Company. Those, those were, t- those are two good ones. Um, couple more here. On this day, in 1986, the film Heavy Metal Parking Lot filmed at the Judas Priest concert. Ah, oh, Judas Priest. Again, see, good, good music back, back in the day. Uh, let's see. Before there were goths or emos, our friends and I were just weird. We all hung out in the park downtown and loved the same music. We also uh, believed in the gender spectrum before there were labels. I mean, maybe. I don't know about that. But I, 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 I do think a lot of the gender spectrum stuff, were, you know, back then, you know, the, the kids just hung out. They you know, spiked their hair. You know, they... They were goth stuff and whatever, and and yeah, that was fine. No, no one cared. Um, okay, bye, mom. Going to a party. There will probably be a lot of cocaine there, and older men, <laughs> and we'll probably hitchhike. Okay, see you later. <laughs> That's pretty much right. Yeah, you, you tell your mom, all right, we're gonna go do all this crazy stuff. All right, be back, be back by dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. All right. Well, anyway, that was that was fun. There's a there's a lot more out there for you, you know, from living through the glory days of the NBA and the golden age of the NBA to many other things. Go, go check it out. It, it, it's good stuff. It'll bring back a lot of fun memories and, and you can enjoy the snark from the, the rest of us uh, fellow Gen Xers. So with that, um, I'll uh, take my water. I'll get back to work. And uh, first, I want to give a shout out to the, if you haven't seen it, that TikTok dad that was out there with his cute little girl. That, and that was, um, he was... Going against the critical race theory and saying how oh, he's going to teach his his child the opposite and doesn't want her to to believe that white people are oppressors and that uh, that blacks are oppressed and he's going to going to see people as good and treat people with kindness no matter who they are or what they look like and I if, if you haven't had a chance to I, I, you know, search him up when you're looking at the Gen X hashtag uh, just a a great video in, in, in encouraging words and you know him and his his daughter are just adorable she has both teeth front teeth missing is just as cute as can be that you know the two of them and the smiles that he has looking down at her it's just adorable so shout out to that dude uh keep keep raising her well and and same to you gen x keep keep doing what you're doing enjoy the beginning of your summer enjoy the warm weather it's finally here and i will see you next time here at the water cooler stay cool gen x